Lord Jesus, you are the one we desire. Even when we don't know, even when we're confused and our desires go in so many different directions, we find you and we say, yes, this is what I've been looking for. Today I pray that you would soak us with clarity. The spirit of wisdom and revelation, the eyes of our heart, and the very core of our being, would be opened up to see you more clearly, Lord. We, we believe that we are not the source. You are the source. We did not initiate this. You initiated life. And you initiated salvation for the whole world, but you've also initiated with each one of us individually. And we, we say yes to you again today, Lord. In this ongoing process, we are, we are, we are thankful, Jesus. Amen. Good morning. I'm Mark Buckner, the interim pastor here at Community of Faith Christian Fellowship. And I love being with you. I love the relationships. You know, I, I sit down here at the front because I'm supposed to. It's my job to sit. I think my job's actually sit on the front row, but I've, uh, I'm sitting on the second row to kind of relieve the pain for my family. We're not quite as extroverted as I am. And I look back at different times during the service and I say, I'm so great to have you back. So great to have the students back. I, I just think of different ones in the room as you walk in. I know so many stories. And so it, it's just sweet. It's sweet. This is a cough drop in my mouth. Because I have been... Susan is, has a much clearer perspective. She said, well, if it's upper respiratory, it's this. If it's lower respiratory, it's that. And I just think, I need a cough drop and some antihistamines. <laughs> So I may stick another one in later. It'll bless everyone in the room if I do that. Uh, I was going to say a few things about world mandate. Then I thought people might start cringing. You know, it's like, are we going to do anything besides an infomercial today, Mark? Can you move on to the next thing? Uh, it would make a couple of people happy. But I was I was involved in world mandate before it was world mandate. In 1987, I was running around with some friends and saying, how, how do we gather together students in our region? And this time, I, I, I was uh, working with students at Baylor University. So I was, uh, to me, our region was Southwest. Churches that had a, just a heart for missions, a heart to reach the next generation, and were open to the work of the Holy Spirit. And I thought, if we can just get all of those chemicals mixed together and stir it up, something powerful is going to happen. And it did. And uh, it's, it was interesting. A couple of people came up to me over the course of the, the months uh, in the fall of 87 and said, I feel like God wants me to come down and speak. And, uh, you know, and the guy, Floyd McClung was one of those people. So it's it's kind of a hard person to get to show up an event. He comes up and recruits me to ask if he can come be with me. I thought, maybe God's up to something. 
few other people. And uh, <clears throat> so it's been a few years now, and it's become something that is a high point in the year for us. We put a lot of energy into it, and we do a lot of promotion, but there's a lot of uh, energy that goes toward it. You can only do this so many times. You know, you can't have a high event every month or even every semester. So it's, it's, uh, uh, it's kind of the big, big push for the year. And the result for that, of that is that people that are new, I, you, some people may say, ah, it's kind of intense. You know, maybe you should just come to church for a while before you do that. I say, no, come it's, uh, it's definitely a dive in the deep end with us, but it's going to give you the clearest picture that you can get in the fastest amount of time of who we are. And for those of you that have been many, many times, I like to kind of play this game every once in a while. Who's been more than 10 times in this room? Okay. There's just a handful of us. I, I could say at one point in time I'd been to all of them, but then I moved out of the country for a few years while... My family did ministry in Indonesia. Uh, But uh, it's kind of a, I have this weird um, love-hate relationship with World Mandate. Every time I go, I just get splattered. You know, it's like, I, it is, God goes to the deepest place in my life, and it's not always fun. You know, I'm, like, I'm having fun, it's awesome, but then whatever issue is up in my life, and, and many times it's like the major word of the Lord for me. So I'm, somehow I've got this spiritual umbilical cord tied to this event to where my destiny is kind of like being unfolded as I, I walk through time. So uh, that may be encouraging, it may be discouraging as you hear that. Just know that it's, it's, uh, it's something that, that is very, very significant. So, I will be there. Um, for the last two weeks, for those of you that weren't here, Jamie Lash was speaking on identity. Do we have that? Who are you? We may not have it up here. But uh, I, 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 I like to have my act together to look like impressive and professional, and so uh, people say, Mark, we need a graphic, and Tim Tachi does some amazing thing, and we get a graphic up here, and then I was even thinking about using, has anybody ever heard of the band The Who? And it's like getting that good beat uh, as I'm entering on the stage, who are you? <laughs> uh, so that's, that's what you get, that's the, this is the professional as I get. Um, but it's, the desire is that you would have victory in, over oppression, fear, jealousy, rage, confusion, uh, suicidal thoughts, judgment, bitterness, because you know who you are. That you are not in the core of your being, a sinner. You're not a person who is programmed to sin. You are programmed for righteousness. If you have given your life to Jesus, if you've done this transaction, 
and given him everything that you are because he is Lord. He is God. He's creator of the universe. If you've recognized that and received his forgiveness and given him your life, there's a, an amazing exchange that's happened at that time. He's given you his life. In Ezekiel, it says there, a heart of stone was taken out of you. And you were given a heart of flesh, a tender heart. In John chapter 3, it says, you, uh, Jesus said, you must be born again. And in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, it says, all things have passed away. Everything has become new in him. And I remember as a, as a sophomore in college, I uh, had just been filled with the Holy Spirit and I was having these three-hour quiet times. And uh, I had Tuesday, Thursday classes where I'd, my first class was 11 o'clock. And so I uh, just grabbed all of that time. It wasn't three hours every day, but I got three-hour chunks a couple of times a week. So I was totally into this. And I remember I, I still have the journals where I, I started writing out. And it was out of my heart. I, was, I just started going to this Bible study with this guy named Jamie Lash. And, uh, and I actually it had been a year at this point in time that I'm discussing. I've, I've been trying to get a hold of this thing, struggling with it, back and forth. Like, it's, it's good news. I believe it. There's just so many ways that I'm not experiencing it. How do I get this integration to happen in my life? And it's, it was a battle. I read it, and it's true, and then boom, I go down. And, uh, and something happened in my life that... Uh, I'd never known even existed before. I experienced the, the filling of the Holy Spirit. I was baptized. It's like uh, we, when we do baptism here, you're immersed. You go all the way under the water. How much of you do you want saved? Every bit of you, okay? How much of your past you want done with? How much is new life? So anyway, Baptist background. You get really wet. So it's a complete thing. And I'm, so I've got this little folder, a notebook, little wire notebook, and I'm writing out, Jesus, you've done it. It's complete in me. And I'm going to see the rest of my life, all of this truth emerging. It's here, this is the beginning, the seed, that, that reality is in me. And every day I'm going to see this more and more emerging in my life. Now, uh, Jamie has a really funny thing that uh, he says, and I'm going to use it because I think it's funny and I like people laughing. He says, you know, in, this, in the same passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, in our minds we have the, the revised distorted version that we are, <laughs> that we, we, you know, we just think this, this is my experience if anyone be in Christ, he has a new creature. The old has not passed away. No, no, no. Now, both creatures are living inside of you together. And you're doomed to a long life struggle between the angels and demons. So, you know, that's, that could be the good news. 
for some of you. At least there's an angel in there fighting, and it's not just the demons. But the reality is, it's not an equal match. <laughs> the, the victory has happened. The demons have been crushed. Their power has been broken. And I, I just like to uh, affirm myself at times. The fear of the Lord is the hatred of evil. I, he, God put the fear of the Lord in me. He's, he's put everything that he is, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, all that he, his promises, this, you, you didn't get like three toenails of Jesus when you got saved. You got all of him. And so, that, walking that out is a process of, of saying, I fear the Lord. I don't think about all the ways that I have look in my history and say, oh, I did this, I did that. I, in fact, when I'm at my lowest points, I say, I fear you, God. It says, to fear the Lord is the hatred of evil, pride, arrogance. I hate. And so I just walk right along with that and start speak out your favorite sin. I hate you. I hate arrogance. I hate pride. I hate false humility. I hate religious performance that's trying to impress people. I hate lust. I hate perverse thoughts. That's who I am. I hate those things. And I like screaming that when I'm alone in my car. So, we are in this Romans 6, 7, 8 process. In Romans 6, it's all this good news. And in Romans 7 is what many of you feel inside of you in the 22nd verse. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. For I see another law working at me. But I see another law working at me, waging war against the law of my mind, making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? The next verse is, praise God. <laughs> and then we move into chapter 8. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So, you are free. I'm going to... Now, uh, so... I'm an exhorter. That means higher on the emotional side when you teach or preach. And it also, in, in my experience, means I like action. I want to know what we do with this. That we, we all need training, head, heart, and hands. When I think about teaching, when I think about mentoring, when I think about development... I think head, heart, and hands. I want all of these areas of my life to be impacted. I don't just want information. I don't just want action without knowledge. I, I don't just want my heart there and, uh, and no strength to live that out or no understanding of what's going on. We need all of these things happening. So the first thing I'm going to do is uh, go back to head with a graphic that I call the, the sanctification grid. 
and give you some, some uh, words with lots of syllables in them and, and explain it just a little bit. So, what we have here on the top, what, when, where, and how sin is dealt with. And on the side under that is justification, glorification, and sanctification. Now, these words, uh, you know, you think, if I said, hey, today we're going to teach on justification. Everybody knows what I'm talking about, right? And then some of you would go like, uh, okay, what are we doing here? And, uh, but basically, my Sunday school class, as I learned growing up, it's just as if I'd never sinned. It's what happens when? The moment you make Jesus Lord of your life. It is, it is, that's when you're born again. Where does it happen? It happens in your spirit. You don't get a brand new body. All of your memories don't go away. All of your emotional experiences don't immediately evaporate. But in your spirit, you get the full-grown Jesus. I'm going to go to the last list in a moment. Glorification. Now, do we have any of those scriptures to make it up there? So I'm going to go from this uh, justification, if you can show me some of the scriptures. Um. This is where we have this passage in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17. It's this instantaneous event. When I was, uh, uh, again, a freshman in college, so a lot of who we are started in college ministry because that's where God really was impacting my life and many of our lives. And it's kind of an interesting thing that we have a number of, how many people in here uh, we're actually a part of this movement or this church in college, and, uh, and, it's, and that's where your life was changed. Just throw some hands up here. So this is, this is kind of an interesting thing. The result of that is we've got a substantial amount of history in people's lives. It brings a lot of depth. It does not mean that you can't join it at any time in your life, in any season of your history. But, but if you're around a while, you're going, why is there such an emphasis on college ministry? Why do we do this in this way? That's just one of the, it's, it's not the only way to do it. It's just a big part of our story. And uh, so I was, uh, I like saying names of old people because they were young when I was young. And I love people just, their mouths hanging open saying, what in the world is he talking about? It's kind of humorous for me, you know, as a preacher, just to stare back at you every once in a while. It's a guy named Russ Taff. I was 19 years old. And he gets up and he's preaching. He's saying, I'm a new creation. I was created by him. And, uh, and he stops. He starts preaching. He says, you're a new species of being that's never existed before. It's, there's these... New creation people, when Jesus rent heaven with his blood, allowed something that had never existed on this planet before. Born again Jesus people. If you could stick them in an MRI, they look different from everybody else, you know. I don't know. The, uh, I need to make up a phrase what that MRI means, and it's not coming to me. But... Uh, 
I know it's magnetic resonance imaging, but I was trying to do something spiritual. It didn't work. Okay. Uh, anyway, we are new creatures. I'm just telling you, it's hard for you to wrap your mind around how profound the changes that happens in a person's life when Jesus comes into your heart. It's, uh, and so that's what's a big deal. You're complete in him. So you go, it's, it's done. Next, with glorification, when does that happen? It happens when you die. You get free from this earth suit. You've got to have one of these to live on this planet. But you get a new one when you get to heaven, and it gets to fly around. I can't wait. It is your body. You're getting a new body. It's an, you know, we're going to recognize people in heaven. You're going to see who they are. It's not going to be just like little puffs of smoke floating around. Identity. What's something you can see? So glorification in 1 Corinthians 15. So there, it just basically is saying that there's, there is a, a natural body and there's going to be a spiritual body. So I'll, I'll move on. And sanctification is the thing that, that I'm hammering on right now. Sanctification is a process. Now, <clears throat> so all of this in our understanding is being worked out in our lives. It is in your, your mind, in your will, your emotions, your ability to say yes to Jesus. That switch has been turned on, and you begin operating that. I say, just say yes to Jesus about 10,000 times, you know? Get that thing started. Yes to your will. Yes to your word. Yes to your desires. Yes to your heart. That will. And, and emotionally, there are places in your life that are not pretty. There are painful things that have happened to each one of you. And Jesus wants to touch those places in your life. So, sanctification. Romans chapter 12. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. There's different translations. I'm going to go into my NIV. I'm not sure what I have posted up in, behind me. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. So, sanctification is the process. Salvation, justification is that moment. Glorification is at death. Sanctification is, is where we're working out our salvation and fear and trembling. It's coming out of us. So I'm going to do have three points now that I think are very simple application places for how to make this more integrated in your life. And I'm going to I'm going to have us all read together in a moment. And they're uh, on who you are in Christ. There's many different... You could type this in to uh, Google, and there's different forms and uh, documents that might come up. So I, this is not the complete list. But it's something that you can, you can take with you. When I was... Again, so many of these first steps happened in my life right at the beginning of my walk with Jesus, where I said, I, I began to take his word and read it out loud to transform the renewing of my, I, to renew my mind 
with what was true, with what God said about me. And there's something, uh, we could get a psychologist or an educator up here and tell us, something profound happens when we hear ourselves say something. We're connecting things in multiple dimensions when you say, I am God's child. And I, I said these things every day for years. At first when I started, I said them, and it felt strange. And I, you know, there are people that come into our worship services, and they they have a lot of different experiences if this is kind of a new environment to them. And uh, I, I, I love stories. People, I talked with this last week, a uh, uh, family that's been around here just a few months, and they said our first two services, we just cried the whole time. Because when you touch, when your emotions come in contact with the presence of God, your can kind of opens up a little bit. And... Or, or your thoughts. There's all kinds of things that start happening in your life. could be a struggle at that moment. And what you need to do is uh, reorient yourself with what is true. Begin to say, this is reality. The presence of God is reality. So do we have that slide? First thing is renew our minds. Then I'm going to talk about tending our hearts. And the third thing is talking about integrating emotionally in worship. What do you think? I could say it out loud and we could repeat it back. Hmm? Okay, we'll do it like this. Let's see if we got it up there. But uh, stand up with me just a moment. I want you to say this. In John 1, chapter 12, he's saying we are, we are God's child. Say, I. All right, I am God's child. Let's read that. I'll, I'll get us started on each one here. As a disciple, I am a friend of Jesus Christ. I have been brought with a price, and I belong to God. I have been chosen by God and adopted as his child. I have been redeemed and forgiven of all my sins. These are the scripture references on the side. Does it, I am secure. Don't worry about it. You can be seated. I had, uh, Evan got plastered with lots of slides by me this morning. Thank you so much, Evan. So, I threw a few encyclopedias of slides at him, and, uh, and then at the end I said, whatever works. <laughs> but I, I hope you feel as you read this, something resonating deep inside of you, that you're, you are, it, it's a, as you say it, your, your mind, your will, and your emotions are being engaged. Something's happening in you when you, the words of your mouth will produce life, and that is part of the transformation process. All of these lies are coming at you every day, all these accusations, sometimes things that, that you feel about yourself in defeat, sometimes things that you feel about yourself in arrogance, sometimes things that other people have said to you or have called you names or, or lies that attached to you as you were growing up. And you have to 
go back and say, this is what is true about me. The second thing that I want to emphasize, and, um, uh, and this is something that could take hours to do a training on, tending our hearts. And I'm, I'm, just, I'm bringing out a few pieces that I think are really important for you to walk away with today. I want you to not just know that you're a new creation, but how this op functions in action for you on, in, a, in your daily life. Um, and there are other people that uh, could teach this actually better than I could, and they just need to bow their heads right now and say, thank you, Jesus. Mark did not call me at the last minute and make me do this. Um, but... Uh, what we're talking about is in our lives. So we have a, a graphic. And I printed up several of these. I'm going to explain how we're going to respond in just a minute. But in our lives, we see this arrow at the top. You can't see anything else. But basically, God's Spirit is flowing into us and His Word through us. And it's uh, producing the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. It's producing His peace and joy and grace. And then there are times where... Uh, that flow of awareness of the reality of God's presence and His work is broken as a lie comes into our life. And we turn from meditating on what is true and we grasp our feelings, our memories, wrap around this, this painful thought and it blocks, it, it just shuts down that experience of of the feeling of the intimacy of God. Now, God never moved. He didn't leave you. He said, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. But in your soul, you need to be sanctified. You need to have your mind renewed to what is true. You have to go back and get a hold of that teaching again. And you have to take these thoughts in that moment... And take care of your heart. And so you, you recognize there's interference here. Sometimes, you know, we've become so familiar with pain in our lives that we think that is who we are. That's the source of our reality. But over time, you, you learn, no, what is true, I found out what is true, that's what's familiar to me now. And when the lies come, it goes, ow! Uh, you know, there's, there's a foreign thing that's operating in my life. And I have to take those moments, and sometimes we, we do it in an extensive period of time. I met with a, a minister, I think the guy that put this material together. What's his name? Rick Buescher. Um, uh, and we spent like three hours together, and <clears throat> this is just three years ago, and I just wanted to spend a time where my heart was washed and say, hey, I want to bring every piece of my life up before the Lord. I just want to have someone walk with me in this process and uh, renounce lies somehow that it attached to me and, <clears throat> and start again. This is a simple thing that can happen with you on a, 
on a regular basis. And, uh, and there's, you know, it's, it's, it's not like a Coke machine. You put, they don't even have these anymore. You put money in it and you get out. Yes, you do. They have like self-control. It's a fruit of the Spirit. Okay. I'm not going to open that can. That was what that. So anyway, uh, there are steps here in this process. It's not magic. It is a process of development in your life. And the last thing that I want to talk about is emotional integration in worship. Many times you could come into worship and thinking, I'm singing these songs, and all of a sudden a perverse thought comes in your mind. And you think, oh no, I'm terrible. Or a jealous thought comes into your mind. Or a fearful thought comes in your mind. Or an angry emotion comes into your life. And at that moment, the enemy wants us to just kind of crumple and, and, and fall in fear. But what Jesus wants you to do is to take that and just bring it right out here. You take the painful places in your life. You take the places of accusation while we're together in worship. And you bring that to an experience in the presence of God. Every time we gather together in worship, there's an opportunity for you to bring what's going on in your heart into God's presence and receive healing. I encourage you, every time we get together, in any context, uh, I... You could just shut out everything else and everyone else that's in this room and say, Jesus, I'm opening up every door in my life to you again right now. I need you to speak to me and I need you to walk into this place in my heart. I just, rather than kind of pushing it down and, and pretending and hiding, I just... Take it right out and say, Jesus, what's this? What is this thought? And allow him to give you the accurate perspective of what's happening in that moment. Jesus, here's this feeling. He's not looking for us to all perform well. Do things look nice, impress people. He's looking for you to just be a child with him. You know, you could take this new creation reality teaching. Uh, There's so much substance there. And I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things pass away. Everything has become new. I don't have any problems anymore. And there's something true there. But you could also move into pretending. I don't have any problems anymore. I'm healed. And you think, actually, you still have some problems. All right, you know. Denial's not just a river in Egypt. Thank you so much. I need affirmation. I have this big hole in my heart. Ron, say amen real loud or something. Thank you. There's places where we can be pretending and denying. That's not stepping forward into 
fullness in who we are in Christ. It's learning at those moments of childlikeness what to do with all of that. Now, as the worship team comes up, I'm going to give you an, a way to respond today. If you're needing to grow in the confession of your words of who you are in Christ, as we worship, I want you to come down and get one of these. And you take it, you can kneel here, you can go somewhere else, you can pray with someone, and begin praying out, begin speaking out loud who you are in Christ. If I was, as I was talking about the tending your heart piece, you know, uh, it's great to do this with someone else. How many people have had experience with tending your heart? This right here. So it's... We've, there are a lot of people in the room. I think if you ask four people, you're bound to get somebody that has done this before. Or maybe you've forgotten about this. You just need to renew this again. There's a place where you're not experiencing your identity in Christ. Don't stay there. We're going to move forward. And for you, it may be go back in a very specific way in personalizing this. And, again, it's a very basic, simple instructions. You come and get one of these. They're actually a chair right in the middle. For those of you in the back, you don't even have to come all the way back to the front. Both of these flyers or are, are, uh, handouts are right there in those chairs. But I, as we stand right now, we're going to take the next 10 minutes of worship and ask the Holy Spirit to make these truths reality. <clears throat> Move it, Lord Jesus, from our heads to our hearts, from our hearts to our hands. And if also during worship, whatever pain is in your life, this is the place to bring it to light. Not that you have to tell, even tell someone else in the room. But tell Jesus, this is what's going on. You bring, bring your hearts to Him. We have people in the room that can pray for others. If, if there are some people that would like to help pray for others, please come forward right now. We're just opening up the, the room. And uh, some prayer teams, I know there, there are people out there. Thank you, thank you. And there are others. Just we're opening up this time to interact. If you need, renew your mind specifically with your confession. Come get one of these. If you need to move forward in learning how to tend your own heart, if you want to just bow where you are, or sit down, open up your hands. We're saying, Holy Spirit, let me pray for you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you here. We want mind, will, and emotions. We want an integrated life where you are revealed in us and through us. We want the substance, Lord. We just, we don't want the image of a new creation. We want the substance of who we are in you to be manifested, to be realized in our lives here in Boston. Come, Lord. We for your renewal, for your presence to soak and touch every heart.
Lord, move us beyond our hands where we're just kind of going through the motions and capture our minds with reality. Move it beyond just having a feeling, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit.